Despite being doomed to constant turnover at the quarterback position, the program checking in at number 17 in the 24-7 Sports Summer Top 25 seems to be one that's on the rise. It's June 19th. My name is Connor Tapp, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. Entering his third year in Blacksburg, Justin Fuente has restored consistency to the Virginia Tech football program. But can he transform the Hokies from ACC also-rans to conference title contenders? Evan Watkins of VT Scoop joins us to preview Virginia Tech's 2018 season. Evan, we've got Virginia Tech checking in at number 17 in our ranking. Now, the voting on this was done before Josh Jackson's availability for the upcoming season became less than certain. What can you tell us about the situation he's in and the likelihood that he'll be suiting up on September 3rd against FSU? You know, there's been a lot of rumors that have been floating around, um, but you know, there is some uh, there are some academic issues right now uh, surrounding Josh Jackson and the Virginia Tech Hokies. Um, the latest news that we've gotten is, is, is it's still pretty much up in the air. People don't know which way this is going to go. Uh, typically at Virginia Tech, the um, academic board is usually uh, pretty quick to, uh, to make a decision, uh, and they usually rule in favor of the school, and they usually end up suspending or dismissing the, uh, the student athlete or the student in question. Um, in Jackson's situation, you know, what we've heard is that he is – uh, ha- he is having his um, his meeting with the uh, the student council board. Uh, I don't believe a decision has come out just yet. I do expect it to come out soon. Um, the latest that I'm hearing is uh, is still very much up in the air. Uh, personally, I'm not sure that he will be back. I've I've seen these types of situations before uh, play out, and typically, you know, the, the student uh, would be dismissed for any type of academic violation. So we'll see which way it goes. I, I know there's still some optimism that he will be back. Uh, right now, I would lean more towards uh, the school, you know, ruling in their favor on, in a situation like this. Um, but those, uh, those announcements have yet to come out of Blacksburg. How much of a pendulum swing are we talking about in terms of the expectation level for Virginia Tech if he is with the team or not with the team? You know, it's been interesting trying to figure that out. Uh, a lot of people, you know, Virginia Tech had a lot of their, their um, spring shut down uh, while they have, you know, a, uh, an open quarterback competition. I know Josh Jackson came out ahead in the uh, in the competition of last fall, but, you know, there has been an open quarterback competition with him former four-star quarterback Hendon Hooker, Kansas transfer Ryan Willis. Then you throw in, you know, true freshman Dewan Ellis is showing up. Uh, he's already on campus. And um, four-star uh, Elite 11 quarterback Quincy Patterson just stepped on campus today. So, you know, when, it, when you look at the quarterback situation, I don't know that it was really set in stone that it would be Josh Jackson. I think he had the leg up. Um, you know, this, this spring, there's a lot of positivity around, um, transfer Ryan Willis. I think that he kind of sparked a little bit, uh, up there in Blacksburg and he's got a big arm. He can run the offense. So there were some fans after the spring game that were already thinking that Willis might be the guy, uh, obviously that the job was not set in stone yet for, for Jackson or for Willis or for anyone for that matter. Um, so having 
having Josh there would definitely keep that competition going, keep pushing it. And, you know, there's a chance that he would have been the guy uh, following up on, on last year's starting role, but you know that they hadn't really made the decision yet of who they were going to go with. Um, I think that the competition will continue to go on regardless of if he is there or not. Um, if he's not there, I think Ryan Willis probably has a little bit of a leg up over, you know, the, the retro freshman Hinden hooker and then the two freshmen, the two true freshmen that uh, have just enrolled over the summer. Um, but, you know, Justin Fuente is going to let this thing ride out for, for a little while throughout the summer and the beginning of fall camp, regardless of Josh Jackson's situation before they make a call on who the starter is going to be. You know, each of Fuente's three seasons in Blacksburg, he's kind of, it seems like he's kind of had a situation where he's had to basically press reset on the quarterback situation. And I know coming out of Memphis, he had quite the reputation as a developer of quarterbacks. How, how have you, had, has he built upon that reputation from your perspective uh, during his time so far there? You know, I think that, uh, I think that he has, um, you know, his first year, uh, at Virginia Tech, I think it was really, really big for him to go out and try to find somebody that could come in and, and kind of be game ready. Um, you know, when when he came in, Virginia Tech had a uh, a void at at quarterback, and he went out and got Gerard Evans, um, put him in the system, and the system kind of took care of it. I mean, Gerard Evans was a was a good college quarterback, and he could put the team on his back and win some games. Um, you know, it was kind of a surprise to a lot of people when he decided to declare for the, for the NFL and, and leave school early, um, when it looked like he could have definitely used an extra year of development. Um, but then, you know, you, you replace him with a guy like Josh Jackson, who came out last year as a redshirt freshman and, and was one of the, the better, you know, you know, young quarterbacks in the country. I think that he really opened a lot of, a lot of eyes with his arm, um, with his legs. I know there's, there are some games that, that he um, probably would like to have some throws back, but I think that's you know the progression of every young quarterback. And then this spring, you see a guy like Ryan Willis who comes out, a transfer from Kansas, set out last year due to, due to NCAA transfer um, rules. But he comes out in the spring, and it's you know who is this guy? What what is he? What is he all about? Where did this arm strength come from? Where did you know where where did this guy even emerge from? Um, and if he ends up being the guy, I think that people will continue to to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Fuentes put a new quarterback in each year that he would have been in Blacksburg, but it looks like each year the system kind of kind of tailors to that quarterback and helps move them along throughout the year. So you know, even if it's if it's Willis, if it's Jackson, if it's one of the freshmen, I think the system will take care of a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, stats and a lot of um, progression throughout the year for the Hokies. And I think that Justin Fuente definitely has a bit of a reputation for putting quarterbacks in a position to succeed and putting quarterbacks in a position to make some big plays. You know, whether they make the plays or not, that's up to them. But his his two years in Blacksburg with Gerard Evans and then Josh Jackson last year, I think that he's lived up to a, to a little bit of the uh, the hype that he came in with. You know, it'll be interesting when he actually has a quarterback where he can that that plays consecutive seasons like Paxton Lynch did or, or back when he was at TCU with, uh, with Andy Dalton. So, you know, that's one thing that I'd like to see a year to year progression right now. We've just had two brand new quarterbacks to compare, but, you know, I think that he has lived up a little bit to that hype. 
Uh, Virginia Tech just had a really successful weekend at the NFL draft in April. Five players selected, and the Edmonds brothers going 10 picks apart in the first round. So while that's a nice feather in the cap for the program, that's a lot of talent to replace. Who are some guys that you either think are likely to step up into that place or, uh, you know, guys that uh, need to take a step up from the level that they've been producing at in, in order to replace uh, what uh, the, the void that's left behind there? You know, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Virginia Tech lost five guys to the NFL draft. They also lost other guys to graduation. Um, their defense is going to be very young this year. You know, a guy that I think showed a lot of promise last year, granted it was in the limited time behind Terrell Edmonds, was Divine Diablo. You know, he was a, he was a former wide receiver, played his freshman year as a wide out, then moved to, to free safety as a sophomore, played in four games before he got injured, had, had a one really nice interception. He's a guy that's kind of in that Cam Chancellor mold. You know, he's a big-bodied guy, 6'4", can move, has range not afraid to, to lay his, you know, lay his head in there and make some plays, you know? So I think he's a guy that, um, that really could turn the light on a little bit. I mean, he, he's coming off an injury, so we'll just see how that goes. Um, but he's, he's a guy that I think they're very excited about, you know, they have to have to replace their entire linebacker core. Their whole linebacker cores maybe played five snaps on defense. Um, guy like Rayshard Ashby, you got, um, Army All-American, true freshman Dax Hollyfield's coming in. He's on campus now. He's going to compete right away for a spot. Um, guys like uh, like Alan Tisdale, he's a true freshman that came in in the spring, has been kind of making some noise. Um, you know, one of the guys that I think will really step up that a lot of people may not know a whole lot about is redshirt freshman Caleb Farley. Um, you know, with with uh, um, Adonis Alexander being academically ineligible, and then couple that with four-star junior college uh, enrollee Jeremy Webb tearing his Achilles the day after he arrives on campus at corner. Virginia Tech really needs somebody to step up. Um, he's a guy that was you know, 6'3", has great speed. Um, I think he ran a 10-6 in high school. Uh, he's, he's a really, really undervalued player um, that I think people forgot about because last year he looked like he was going to be a wide receiver blew out his knee in, in fall camp and never got a chance to see the field as a freshman. So he's a guy that I know that uh, a lot of people are pretty excited about. Um, obviously, you still have guys like Ricky Walker. He's going to be the anchor of the defensive line. Trayvon Hill, another anchor of the defensive line. But there's a lot of youth and a lot of inexperience. I think there will be some growing pains for, for Bud Foster here, uh, especially early in the year. But you know he's he's one of the best in the business for a reason and uh he's gonna have to earn his money this year with some of these youngsters but i think virginia tech is poised to to have a good youth movement that can only help propel them in the future back in may bet dsi had the over under on total wins for virginia tech at eight and a half and again this was before news of josh jackson's situation but evan would you be inclined to take the over or the under there I would take the over. Um, looking across the ACC and looking across Virginia Tech's schedule, um, it looks like they should be able to get to nine wins. Um, you know, when you factor in some of their out-of-conference games, you know, Old Dominion, William & Mary, East Carolina, 
Um, you know, they're, they're going to have some big games. Obviously, Florida State's a big one to start off the year. Um, the, the ACC um, Coastal will probably come down to the game in Miami uh, or in Virginia, at Virginia Tech against Miami. Uh, Georgia Tech has been a little bit of a thorn for Justin Fuente. He's 0-2 against them in the triple option. So, you know, those are three games right there that are tough. you got Notre Dame coming uh, in Blacksburg. That's pretty tough. Um, but, you know, I think their, their schedule is pretty manageable. Their out-of-conference gives them a good chance to kind of pad their stats a little bit and pad their ranking. Um, so, you know, I, I think that they can get to the nine-win range. I'd be interested to see how some of these swing games go. You know, can they win the games that they're supposed to win? That's always been a little bit of a kryptonite for Virginia Tech, um, making sure they take care of the, the the players that they are favored over um, but you know right now knowing what we know going into the season I would take the over if Virginia Tech does indeed exceed that over under projection by two or more games and maybe they're even back in the ACC title game what do you think will have gone so right for them in order to exceed expectations a little bit um, they're really going to have to get a lot of uh, a lot of play out of their defensive line with a young secondary, a young linebacker core. That defensive line is going to definitely be the linchpin of the defense. Um, Ricky Walker, like I, I mentioned earlier, he's going to be an anchor. Um, you know, he he's a very very solid, dependable player. Um, but they can't afford him to get injured. They have to have him on the field, and they need some depth to step up around him. Um, you know, uh, Vincent Mahota, Mahota, who was a defensive end last year, he's moving inside, but he's coming off of a knee injury. Um, they're going to need him to be able to, to get some reps inside. Behind those two, a defensive tackle, uh, a lot of the talent right there is inexperienced, um, and it's really not a lot of high-profile guys. Uh, you know, you got an incoming freshman, Cam Good, might have a chance to play out of Washington, D.C. this year just because Virginia Tech really needs some players on that on that interior line. But if they can continue to build build some depth on the line and get, you know, if they can have their youngsters grow up really quick and get after the quarterback, I, I think that they will be able to have a shot um, on offense regardless of the quarterback. I think that the offense kind of uh, speaks for itself. The scheme kind of speaks for itself. And they have some receivers that can make some plays, and they got some running backs that can make some plays. So, you know, I think that right now for them to to have a season that goes right, Ricky Walker's really the linchpin, and he has to stay healthy, and they have to make some noise on the defensive line. Evan Watkins covers the Virginia Tech Hokies for VT Scoop. You can find him on Twitter at Evan G Watkins two four seven. Thanks, Evan. Hey, no problem. The Morning Blitz is a daily podcast that gives you all the college football news you need in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package. For each installment of the Summer Top 25, there is a companion article over on 247sports.com with additional commentary and analysis that you did not get on the podcast. Next up are the number 16 Southern California Trojans. The AP Style Guide says to call them Southern California, not USC, on first reference. So that's what I'm calling them. <laughs> 